We meet today in Psalm chapter 138 and 139. Psalm 138 is a song of wholehearted praise. We have now come from 137, that chapter, where we saw the harps hanging on the willow trees to the psalm before us where the harps are again in the hands of the godly and are being used for the praise and worship of the Lord. In the previous psalm, the children of Israel were in captivity down by the irrigation canals in Babylon. There they put their harps on the willow trees and wept when they remembered Zion. But in Psalm 138, we have a wonderful prophetic hymn of praise which looks into the future when the believing remnant will take up their harps again and sing praise to God. Listen to this. I will praise you with my whole heart. Before the gods, I will sing praises to you. Psalm 138 verse 1. Notice, I will praise you with my whole heart. Now, one of the things that impressed me on a visit to Jerusalem was actually seeing the Jews at the Wailing War because Israel has access to the war again. I saw many of them standing there, some of them with a little book in their hands, going through a ritual. By the way, when I visited Jerusalem, it was about the time of the Pascha. Uh, or time of the Easter, which, which we call our Easter, but it was time of the Passover, and many Jews were going to the war. Some of them were actually batting their heads against the war, and some of them actually wailing, which touches the heart. But a great deal that I saw was just like ritualistic Christianity, nothing but lip service. However, in that future day, in that future time, when the Jews have been through the period of Jacob's trouble, the great tribulation, and have been delivered out of it, there will no longer be lip service. It will be real heart worship. So the psalmist says, I will praise you with my whole heart. My friend, you and I need to examine our own hearts to see how we are worshiping God. Do we worship him with our whole heart? And he says, before the gods, I will sing praise to you. Luther and Calvin explained that the gods were angels. I don't think they were that. Others think that he was talking about the idol gods of the nations, and certainly he could be referring to them. However, anything in your life that is in the place of God is between you and God, is your God. We saw this word God's back in Psalm 82 verse 6, and there it referred to the judges, those who are in the place of God, that is, his representatives on earth. Someday I will have to answer to him because it is my job to make the gospel clear. If those who know the Lord don't make the gospel clear, who will? I want to keep being his representative here on earth in being a spokesperson for him. Psalm 138 verse 2 I will worship toward your holy temple and praise your name for your loving kindness and your truth. For you have magnified your word above all your name. 
In other words, God's word is as good as he is. There is an old saying that says a man is as good as his word. Well, God is as good as his word. His character is behind what he has said in his word. For you have magnified your word above all your name. This is a wonderful statement. Here is Psalm 138, verse 4 to verse 6. All the kings of the earth shall praise you, O Lord, when they hear the words of your mouth. Yes, they shall sing of the ways of the Lord. For great is the glory of the Lord. Though the Lord is on high, yet he regards the lowly, but the proud he knows from afar. Now, imagine a worship service in which the entire congregation is made up of the top leaders of all the world's governments. Every nation and every ethnic group is represented as the rulers lift their voices together in the praise to the supreme ruler, God. This is essentially what David envisioned in Psalm 138, seeing all leaders coming together, all nations represented, worshipping God. Just as David honored and obeyed the Lord, he believed that other kings of his day would learn to serve and worship God as they heard about his ways. And in fact, David's vision began to be partially realized when the Queen of Sheba came to Jerusalem in the days of Solomon. Now, my friend, how would the rulers of the world hear about God in the first place? Well, by David and his successors worshipping God and reporting on what God had done for them, they would hear. If you are in leadership and you are a king, you are a president of any nation, worship God, report what God has done for you, and all the kings of the world will know. Israel and its kings had a responsibility to act as a beacon of righteousness and hope for the pagan nations of the world. In a similar way, Christians today have a responsibility to light the way toward God by living Christ-centered lives and by proclaiming the good news about Jesus Christ. All these verses reveal how God regards humanity. The Lord will perfect that which concerns me. Do not forsake the works of your hands. Psalm 138, verse 8. Now, this is the Old Testament way of saying, being confident of this thing, that he who has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of the Lord Jesus. I move on now to Psalm 139. Psalm 139 is a song of praise to the attributes of God. And indeed, it is a wonderful one. This psalm is for the chief musician, a psalm of David. This is a theological psalm in that it reveals something of the attributes of God in relation to his creation. It reveals his omniscience, omnipresence, and omnipotence. These words sound complicated, but they simply mean that God is all-knowing, omniscient. He is everywhere, present, omnipresent, and he is all-powerful, 
omnipotent. God can do anything that is the object of his power. Sometimes the ridiculous question is asked, can God make a rock so big that he cannot lift it? The answer to that is that God never does anything ridiculous. This is a psalm that will answer several pertinent questions for us. Let's first of all talk about the omniscience of God. Uh, that means the all-knowing characteristic of God. O oh Lord, you have searched me and known me. Psalm 139 verse 1. This speaks of the omniscience of God. He knows you. He knows me. He is the greatest psychologist. When you have a problem, it is not necessary to climb upon the psychiatrist's coach. No, no, no. And tell him everything. Why don't you climb upon the coach of the Lord Jesus Christ and just tell him everything? You might as well tell him because he knows all about you anyway. The psychiatrist still won't even know. After you have told him everything you think of, he will not know everything. God knows everything. Here is Psalm 139 verse 2 to verse 4. You know my sitting down and my rising up. You understand my thought afar off. You comprehend my path and my lying down. You are acquainted with all my ways, for there is not a word on my tongue. But behold, O Lord, you know it altogether. That word that was on your tongue, perhaps you wanted to rip out a, a, a good strong oath, but you didn't do it because of the presence of someone. God saw it on your tongue. He knows everything. There is not a word on my tongue, but behold, O oh Lord, you know it altogether. You have hedged me behind and before. You laid your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high. I cannot attain it. Psalm 139 verse 5 and verse 6. Now you may ask, how can God do that? I don't know, my friend. And the psalmist says he doesn't know either. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high. I cannot attain it. Actually, the omniscience of God is not an occasion for terror, but it is an occasion for comfort, my friend. He saved me, and yet he knew me. That is the amazing thing about it. There are some people whom you accept and receive, and then in some way they disappoint you. You thought you knew them, but you really did not know them. God knows us, and yet he will save us. How wonderful he is, my friend. God knew David, and David let him down. But God knew something about David's faith that he could not see, that David himself could not see. He could see David's heart, and beneath the faith that failed was a faith that never failed. The Lord knew what Simon Peter was going to do. He even knew that Judas Iscariot would betray him, even though we don't understand it. That is the omniscience of God. He knows everything. Whatever you may be thinking about him, he knows it. Whatever you may be thinking and, and planning to do, he knows it. And he says, come to me. That's the omniscience of God. Move on to the omnipresence of God, meaning God is present everywhere. No matter where you go, 
you cannot get away from God. Here is Psalm 139, verse 7 to verse 9. Where can I go from your spirit? Or where can I flee from your presence? If I ascend into heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in hell, behold, you are there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the utmost parts of the sea. You see, the poetry of Psalm 139 celebrates the fact that God is present wherever David goes or even wherever his imagination goes. First, he looks up at the sky, then down the ground. Then he looks east towards the wings of the dawn and west towards the Mediterranean Sea. Wherever David thinks of going, he has the certainty that God will be with him in that place. Are you comforted as David was by the presence of God? As you look around you, do you consciously think about the Lord being there right where you are? Why don't you pause right now to thank him for his ever-watchful care and concern for you? No matter where you go, God is there. Here is Psalm 139 verse 10 to verse 12. Even there your hand shall lead me, and your right hand shall hold me. If I say surely the darkness shall fall on me, even the night shall be light about you. Indeed the darkness shall not hide from you, but the night shines as the day. The darkness and the light are both alike to you. Do we need to confess our sins in detail to God? Certainly we do. We must spell out our sins to God. Already God knows about them anyway. He was present when you committed the sin. He was present when I committed any sin. So you better agree with him on the subject. Let him know that you recognize it is sin in your life. My friend, to confess your sin is to agree with God. And God says it is sin and you agree with him that it is sin. That is confession. Wherever you may go, God will be seen. The secret sin on the earth is an open scandal in heaven, as some saint had said. Psalm 139 verse 13 For you formed my inward parts You covered me in my mother's womb Again Psalm 139 speaks of God's intimate knowledge Of each individual He has that knowledge because he has created each person from the womb The Hebrew word translated formed or created in some translation Is not bara which conveys actually the idea of creation from nothing in Genesis 1 verse 1. But the word used there is kana, which has to do with ownership. God knows us intimately because he owns us. He is like the inventor who carefully designs and builds a device and then becomes the owner of its patent. Paid with kana is a word translated covered or knit together. Now, this language communicates the idea of a person's body and soul being intricately molded 
and crocheted together in the mother's womb. It is a process that involves time, skill, and craftsmanship. People are not thrown together haphazardly. Even less do they come together through random processes. No, rather God intentionally and masterfully creates human life in the womb. He works everything together into a whole according to his will. The psalmist reinforces this truth in the next verse. I will praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully mad. Marvelous are your works, and that my soul knows very well. Psalm 139, verse 14. You see, God is everywhere, and man is a fabulous creature who has the attention of God constantly. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in secret and skillfully wrought in the lowest parts of the earth. Your eyes saw my substance being yet unformed, and in your book they were written. The days are fashioned for me when as yet there were none of them. Psalm 139, verse 15 to verse 16. Now, this is amazing. Before the body was formed, David says, he was a person. He was a person as he was being formed in the womb. Even before the members of his body were formed, he was a person. The personhood is declared to take place at the very moment of conception. Now, this is very important in our day because of the question of abortion. While the body was being formed, David said he was a person, a human being. God had the blueprint of his members before he came into existence. The person was there. Now hear it straight, my friend. Abortion is murder unless it is performed to save the mother's life or even the child's life. Abortion to get rid of the little unformed fellow before he has an opportunity to utter a cry in order to cover up sin or escape responsibility merely enhances the awful and cruel crime. Do not blame me for this charge, my friend. Blame David. He wrote it. Blame the Holy Spirit who declared it and inspired David to say it. The Bible has the answer to all the problems of life if we consider all of it and does not always give the popular interpretation. It is well to get God's viewpoint and that is the viewpoint he gives us here. We have talked of the omniscience of God and the omnipresence of God and now we have the omnipotence of God. God is all-powerful. How precious also are your thoughts to me, O God. How great is the sum of them. If I should count them, they would be more in number than the sand. When I awake, I am still with you. Psalm 139, verse 17 and 18. God here says, He loves us. And the God who loves us is all-powerful. He is omnipotent. Oh, that you would slay the wicked, O oh God. Depart from me, therefore, you bloody thirst man. 
Psalm 139 verse 19. We have both the wicked and the godly mentioned in this psalm. God says that he will judge the wicked and he will hear the prayers of his people. You see, praise God that he is all-knowing, he is all-powerful and present everywhere. That means he is able to punish the evil. He is able to make things right. But according to his wise counsel, wise knowledge of what is happening, he works on his schedule, not on our schedule. But it is such a comforting thought and such an assurance to put our hope and faith in the omnipotent, omniscient, and omnipresent God. You can have copies of the notes and outlines used for these Living Word for Africa programs so you can follow them as you listen. For your copies, please send a WhatsApp message or SMS to plus two seven seven two six four one four four seven five. Please say which book of the Bible you want them for and be sure to include your name and contact information. I'll repeat that number for you. It's country code two seven followed by seven two six four one four four seven five from within South Africa. It's 072-641-4475.